0: Hey guys, and welcome to the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. This is 2A Leo, your host, and I want to thank y'all for listening to the inaugural episode of the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. Just to give you a little bit about myself, I am an active duty law enforcement officer. I am also a uh, veteran of the Army Reserves, did a little short stint in there. Uh, so basically, that's just kind of me. I'm a huge fucking gun nut. I do a little bit of anything and everything that has to do with guns. I collect them, uh, historical uh, guns. I also reload i do uspsa competitions i'm also a certified firearms instructor for my department Uh, i also love to just go out shooting with my friends Uh, i love uh, doing a little bit of everything in reference to the firearms industry Uh, i like going to gun shows i like going to uh, trade shows Uh, like doing all that kind of stuff i like reading about guns i like Talking about guns, I like listening about guns, I do a little bit of everything. Uh, So this podcast is mainly just going to be about firearms industry, it's going to be about uh, new things coming out, gear, it's going to be about a little bit about a politics that has to do with the Second Amendment, so this is going to be basically uh, just... My take on it. Uh, I believe I have a, a little bit of a unusual take uh, based on my experience. Uh, not only am I a law enforcement officer, veteran, but I'm also a humongous advocate of the Second Amendment. So, this is going to be my, uh, my my take on some of these things. Uh, I hope I fill that little niche for you uh, in this podcast on what uh, I bring to the table with my experience uh, about what's coming out. Uh, So this podcast is going to be basically anything to do with that 2A lifestyle. We're going to be talking about, uh, like I said, industry, gear, but we're also going to be talking about, uh, hell, even books and movies that's got a lot of guns and shit in it. So uh, I just want y'all to appreciate. Uh, hopefully, y'all appreciate the the podcast. Uh, go over and take a look at us on social media. We have a Facebook and Instagram account under Two A Lifestyle. Uh, give us a like and follow. Uh, I appreciate it and tell us how we're doing. Uh, we have some pretty funny fucking memes there, and I hope y'all enjoy it. But uh, that's a little bit about me. Uh, so let's go on and get into the podcast. Heat in my vein like vernacular. With a y'all are ready for All right, first segment of this podcast, we're going to be getting into this uh, news article that I'm sure y'all have seen. Uh, it is called The Heavily Armed Millennials of Instagram Gun Owners, Social Media, and the Rise of a New Firearms Culture. Uh, this article was posted in the Washington Post. It is written by Simon Van Zulen Wood. I'm assuming that's how you say his last name. I uh, apologize if that's uh what you know if I misspoke it or mispronounced it, but uh Simon van Zullenwood uh posted in the Washington Post. Uh it's a little uh biased. We're gonna get into the article pretty in depth. Um, but I just want y'all to uh you know if you haven't read it, read it because it's pretty interesting. Uh, let the Washington Post would know what you think about it. Let this guy know what you think about it because it is obviously pretty biased. Uh, we're going to get into some of the skewed facts that he uh, posted in the article, and we're going to go into uh, just some of the the people that he interviewed and how he portrayed them. But uh, when we get into this article, I want to say first uh, his opening, which is a little homoerotic, if I do say so myself. Um, let's get into it. It says... Late summer in Texas, and I'm quoting here. Late summer in Texas, a shirtless Matt Best, a photo takes a photo of himself gazing out from behind a desert-colored AR-15. He holds the rifle vertically so that it obscures, in a stylized way, half his tattooed chest and ruggedly handsome features. (Parentheses) Sky blue eyes, crushed white smile, beard. (End parentheses) End quote. Uh, yeah, that is a little odd. A uh, little odd to start a firearms article about. Um, You know, I I don't know where he was going with that, uh, except that uh, later on he does say that Matt Best is the so-called leader of this movement. Um, So I don't know if he's trying to say that, uh, you know, Matt Best is a poster boy, a uh, figurehead, so that's why we got to get some damn like, handsome dude, I guess, fuck, I don't know, Uh, to to lead this movement, but, you know, whatever. Um, But let's just go ahead and get right into that. He says, uh, Matt Best is the de facto leader of this movement. Is he right? Uh, You know, I've I've listened to other people talk about this article. Uh, He said that they aren't right, that uh, Matt Best, you know, that they never elected him the de facto leader of this new firearms culture movement. Uh, but you also have to think about what Matt Best is. Matt Best is the owner of Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, he helped start it. He started Article 15. Uh, he puts out a bunch of content on YouTube, on uh, the different social medias. Um, he's probably the most recognizable uh, out of everybody uh, just because of the fact that his a lot of his videos go viral. Um, so is Matt Best the de facto leader? Uh, probably to somebody that's not in the firearms community, yeah, he probably looks like the de facto leader of our movement. Um, so, I mean, I'm not too terrible. You know, Could we have a worse leader? Absolutely. fucking lutely Could we have a better leader? Probably. Uh, but, you know, that, that's just something that I took as kind of a strange uh, thing to, to say. Uh, but, you know, the first chunk of his article is uh, something that he – Something that uh, he uh, talks about, you know, he interviews Matt Bess and in, in, in what Matt Best's role is in the community. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we'll go with that. Um, something else that he said uh, that we in the gun culture fetish, uh, uh, fetishize about semi-automatic firearms. And first, I'm like, uh, semi-automatic firearms is kind of like the vanilla of uh, the firearms cultural. Uh, I fetish about uh, class three weapons. Class fucking four weapons. Um, you know, uh, the fetish of semi automatic weapons. Uh, yeah, maybe for somebody that's not in the firearms culture as much as is uh, us normal guys that are, are in it, the, the gun nuts. Um, you know, like I said, my fetish is more about the class three and above uh type weapons. I don't know why he would say that, but, you know, semimatic firearms, yeah, pretty fucking cool, but I'd rather have uh that third hole if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, he also mentions uh, assault rifles, preparedness drills, uh and and uh stuff like that, uh being part of uh what we fantasize and fetish about. Um, yeah, you know, I would I guess you could say he's probably talking about, you know, if you go to the to the range and, and run drills, uh, you know, and how you, of course, run your carbines, uh, run your your guns to do your your training drills. Yeah, I mean that's uh, not necessarily a fetish, but it is something that you do to to enhance your skills. Uh, it's you know obviously if you're a content creator, which is what this uh, article I believe is about. You know how the the rise of content creators in the Second Amendment. Uh, lifestyle culture uh, is, is on the rise basically uh, for the past five to, to six years uh, yeah yeah, that's probably what somebody from the outside would say but um, do we fetish about it uh, personally I don't I mean I think it's a great fucking time to go to the range and, and run a gun with your buddies uh, hell I just did it last week uh, with one of my buddies but um, do we fetishize about it Uh who doesn't fan about going to go the range especially on a shitty day at work uh, but I wouldn't call it again necessarily a fetish uh, but you know and also calling it disaster preparedness drills um yeah, I guess we do run those drills uh, in case of some sort of ungodly disaster that happens to us. That's the whole point of being prepared and, and having our Second Amendment, uh, you know, ingrained in our Constitution, so that way we can protect ourselves in case of some sort of uh, unearthly disaster uh, to help us protect ourselves, protect our loved ones, uh, protect our, our shit, basically, uh, the pursuit of life, liberty. Uh, and property, you know, the protection that's, that's given to us in the constitution, but, you know, ultimately, you know, comes down to, to us as individuals to protect that shit. Uh, so that's why we are so strong advocates of the second amendment, because ultimately the best way to protect yourself, uh, and your freedoms from tyranny is with the end of a gun. Uh, so is he right? Is he kind of right? Yeah, he's kind of right, but I think, again, and you'll see more as I talk about this article, uh, how he runs a little bit more of a bias. Um, yeah, I, I guess he's somewhat right, but the way he words it obviously shows a little bit of his bias. Uh, the second thing I'd like to go into uh, is he talks about how firearm is basically a, and I'll quote here, as much as a weapon as a man cave accessory. Uh, and I have to say, I kind of agree with him on this. Um, you know, I have uh, some pretty cool fucking firearms that I like to, to display. Uh, you know, I can't really do so much now since uh, I'm a single dad of two kids. But uh, I guess maybe when they grow older and shit uh, and I don't have to worry about them doing some stupid shit with a gun, uh, yeah, those guns that I like to kind of display, you know, uh, will be a car, part of a, a main cave accessory. That's obviously, you know, if you think about it, yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's a lot of true because I mean when you look at the old fucking looney Tune cartoons, uh, what did you always see? You always saw a grandpa shotgun or rifle hanging on the wall above the fireplace. Uh, it was a decoration as much as it was a, a tool. It's kind of right, and uh, I think that's very interesting that somebody that is not, is not into the firearms culture uh, as much as, as uh, everybody else, that's a, a astute uh, observation. Uh, I think that's pretty interesting. Give him your thoughts on that. I, th- I think he's correct. Uh, of course, somebody might disagree with me. They think it's not a, uh, a decoration. Keep it more of as a tool, but yeah, I, I think that's a very astute observation. And also going into uh, the, the next one. Towards the end of him interviewing Matt Best, uh, he has uh, some shit that I think maybe he's trying to make Matt Best seem like a douchebag. He uh, talks about it is uh, people trying to be, you know, many little badasses, get a little bit of taste of the drug uh, by running a gunning and, and having all these uh, tactical weapons uh, because they never served. Is that everybody's? Uh, reasoning for for doing shit like that that never served. You know, I, I served. Uh, I'm also uh, like I said, a full-time law enforcement officer. Uh, but I do it just because I, I love guns. I think they are uh, great tools. I think they are things that is basically a modern martial art. You know, I do uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but I also uh, do, you know, U- uh, USPSA. Uh, You know, different firearms drills and competitions and local matches. Uh, It is just as much as a martial art as Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in my opinion Does he try and make seem like Matt best is is a douchebag for calling people out on on shit like this a little bit Especially the way he worded it, you know, Matt best obviously is a very successful person. He is a, a, a former ranger uh, he has several, you know, several successful businesses does, you know, is it kind of douchebag, you know, w- what do you think, uh, for people that never served, uh, that are not law enforcement, you would be the, the better judge of it than me playing devil's advocate and taking a step back and looking at it from a different perspective. If I was somebody that likes to run and gun, uh, if I was a content creator, Uh, that posted shit on Instagram, uh, YouTube, and then I read what Matt Best said about it. Uh, I would kind of think that's a a dickhead thing to say. Uh, Not necessarily anything against Matt because, uh, of course, this guy has obviously a little bit of a bias. I'm sure possibly – well, I'm not sure possibly. I'm sure some of these words were taken out of context. Uh, So, you know, that's something that I think that the – writer of this article might have been trying to do uh, especially since he considered matt best the de facto leader of this movement maybe he's trying to get infighting in uh the gun culture uh in reference to this because just be fucking honest with you guys gun culture the second amendment community we love to tear each other up we love to fucking hold each other accountable which is a great thing because in our culture where it is constantly under attack that is something that needs to happen we need to keep each other accountable but we also love to tear each other the fuck apart. Perfect example was a few weeks ago, Benchmade. How many times was Benchmade destroyed on fucking social media? Absolutely fucking destroyed on social media. Uh, all because we love to attack each other. Um, you know, Did Benchmade deserve it? Uh, from all the, the aspects that I saw, yeah, they kind of deserved it a little bit. That's just my kind of personal opinion about it. Uh, so going on to the, the next the next uh the aspect of this article something that he says uh he result he refers assault weapons as pleasure machines i think that is a horrified uh trying to show if if you're a a a gun control liberal uh and a second amendment destroying liberal reading this article and you hear that he puts Assault weapons as pleasure machines, you know, I'm sorry when I think of pleasure machines I think of a dude's pocket pussy or some chicks vibrator that she keeps in her fucking You know bed uh, nightstand, uh, you know, I don't consider an assault weapon a pleasure machine uh, Do you get pleasure out of uh, you know running a gunning it, you know? Fucking with it on the gunsmith uh, table putting your new accessories and shit on it uh, Yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome, uh, but as a pleasure machine just kind of goes to show, again, more of his bias. I think uh, he obviously was trying to uh, equate something with assault weapons. And, of course, he says fucking assault weapons. Um, You know, he doesn't say modern sporting rifles, modern sporting firearms. He doesn't talk about just calling them the AR-15 style rifles. Yeah, he calls them assault rifles or assault weapons. Um, So, yeah, uh, just kind of going into that. Uh, I thought it was very odd something else that he fucking just blew my mind and I actually stopped reading this and reread this little uh, these few sentences several times. he says Alex Jones and Clive Clive and Bundy paramilitary rebels are icons of the tactical community what the fuck uh, Alex Jones th- that's the one that blew my fucking mind. Um, maybe is he talking about that they're icons of the tactical community to the left? But if I'm thinking as a uh, libertarian uh, who is a you know a just a fucking crazy Second Amendment supporter who uh, is thinking about the tactical community, I don't think about fucking Alex Jones. I also certainly don't think about uh, Cliven Bundy. Uh, yeah, those Clive and Bundy guys, the, 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 paramilitary people, uh, where they, you know, kitted up and, and also the kind of shit. Yeah, they did. Uh, they probably looked like somebody from a, uh, tactical or firearms, Instagram, uh, social media account. They look like somebody from that social media page. Uh, but I don't consider them icons to the tactical community. Uh, and Alex Jones is one that really fucked me up because uh, I would listened to the Joe Rogan podcast with uh, Alex Jones on it uh, maybe a day or two before I read this article and decided to do a podcast about it, um, and I just thought that, uh, especially where fucking Alex Jones said on uh, the podcast, that, uh, gotta be kind of honest with you, I'm a little fucking retarded. Uh, yeah, that's probably what this guy, uh, you know, should have been thinking about when he thought of this because yeah those those are not I- icons of the tactical community um he also stated that the gun lifestyle is a choice now i totally fucking agree with this guy it's like this guy is skirting around the truth he he's hitting the truth just a little bit then all of a sudden he goes off and does his own little fucking thing he talks about alex jones and climbing bunny paramilitary rebels as the Icons of the tactical community, which is way off in fucking left field, and then he says that the gun lifestyle is a choice, uh, which is where he's batting it right down the center again. Um, yeah, that, that's very true, uh, and that's a, a good thing for us because we don't want people that are forced into this lifestyle, because then they end up making poor decisions. Uh, that's why a huge reason the military got away from conscription. Uh, the draft. It is an all-volunteer army because if you want to be a part of that army uh, or the military, you are going to make better decisions than somebody that was conscripted into it. Um, that is just kind of my uh, thinking on it. That's that's my uh, personal opinion, but I think that is very much. Uh, very much correct but then again he goes way off in fucking left field Um, and I'm gonna break this down and I'm don't worry about it I'm gonna do all the math for you so if you want to write this shit down so that way you can talk to uh, your your liberal buddies or your gun control nuts uh, those fucking idiots uh, that this is gonna help you with that argument he mentions that there was 39,773 guns deaths in 2017 all right what he doesn't talk about uh is the breakdown of all of these gun deaths okay so don't worry again i am going to break it down for you so you can talk to your friends because in 2017 was the first rise in gun deaths in like 20 or 30 years is from what i saw Uh, and that is from the washington examiner Uh, and according to the washington examiner examiner i'm sorry 23,854 of those gun deaths were suicides. So 60% of the gun deaths that he is talking about are suicides. Is that a gun violence problem? No, that is people in a mental health problem. It's a depression problem. That is something that has nothing to do with gun violence. Were these people going to kill themselves? Yes. Uh, As somebody that has seen plenty of suicides in my job, I will tell you People will kill themselves if they are bound to determine to do so. Uh, it is just as easy to do it with a gun as it is easy to do it with a car. Uh, all you have to do is, you know, jack that bitch up to 80 or 90 miles an hour and then jerk the wheel to the left. That is just as easy as pulling a trigger. Um, I'm telling you. So, uh, yeah. And so that is the breakdown of suicides. Now we get into the percentage of. Uh, murders with firearms. Okay. So, uh, well, and I'm sorry, let's kick back a little bit. Okay. 782 of those is justified self-defense. That's roughly 2%. Uh, so that is, uh, you know, Joe thug breaks into your house and you blast him, uh, in the, in the front door. Uh, so that is the, uh, the, the breakdown on that. So, and, and that's, Something that you should probably think about too because you know how many cases of, of justified self defense do you hear about in your local news? Uh, it happens quite often, and then also, uh, you know, where a law enforcement uh, shoots and kills an armed suspect uh, that is also uh, included in these numbers. So, let's just break down to the nitty gritty uh, 11,004 were actual. Homicides with firearms, and this statistic and this uh, past statistic came from Statista. If you want to go look it up, um, so roughly 28% of that 39,773 gun deaths in 2017 were actual homicides with firearms, and of course he's talking about uh, AR-15s. He's talking about quote-unquote military-style weapons, uh, and when you break that down, only 403 of those 39,773 gun deaths were used by rifles. Now it is just stating that it is rifles. So it could be anything from a grandpa's 30-06 to the uh, Bushmaster uh, AR-15 223556 that he is pointing out. Um, So only 403 were used uh, were rifles and we don't even know if those were modern sporting rifles. They're just saying rifles in the statistic, the breakdown. Uh, So Use that in your bag of tricks whenever somebody starts talking about gun control because uh, they always uh, – trust me, when I was looking up the statistics for this breakdown uh, to go in and give you all this bit of information uh, to try and, and show the bias of this reporter, of this journalist um, – There was tons of articles about how saying that 2017 was the rise of gun violence and how it was the first time was the rise of gun violence in so many years, but it doesn't break down uh, the actual uh, statistics of what was suicides, what was murders, what was justified self defense, what was actually uh, firearmed. You know the breakdown of the firearms used. And uh, of course, everybody is the one that wants to uh, break down and, and say that, oh, you know, that's why because they are 15s are more accessible. Uh, they are the cause of the rise of gun violence. Uh, so it is just total and utter bullshit. Uh, so again, this clearly shows the bias. He doesn't he uses the statistics to support his view. Um, but I gave you the information. You go ahead and use it. Uh, this is what the actual truth of statistics are. Um, something that he goes into, uh, and I like it because the firearms community is a diverse community. Uh, something that I think uh, I'm glad he went into. He, he was talking about uh, Caitlin Bennett, who used the AR-10 in her graduation photo at Kent State. Uh, I will say that uh, I am not a particular huge fan of of her after the fact, uh, and I believe it's kind of an attention uh, attention whoring, if you, I do say so myself, but uh, I'm glad that we have diverse leaders in the gun community. Again, uh, as I said earlier with Matt Best, could there be a worse Uh, leader or figurehead in the gun community hell yes there could be a worse one Uh, could there be a better one most likely yes Uh, but this is who we have because of what happened Um, and, and I'm glad that he's mentioning especially women in the gun community because again this is a diverse gun community that we have the second amendment is for everyone it is a human right it is a human right for everybody so i'm glad that he's throwing some women out there uh, but then again uh, you know him swinging the spectrum again he mentions how kent state is also the site where the national guard killed protesters during the vietnam uh, i definitely think that uh, that is kind of a bullshit uh, Comparison between uh, Caitlin Bennett and the uh, picture she taken. To comparing, you know, talking about how this is the site where National Guard soldiers uh, killed peaceful protesters and so on and so fucking forth. Um, I think it's a cheap cop-out because, you know, the reason why we have the Second Amendment is to defend against a tyrannical government. Who were the people that shot those protesters? Were they just a crazy that got a hold of a gun and went to shooting or was it, uh, members of the government arm used to go down there and break a protest. Now I'm not a fucking hippie lover, but, uh, I will say that. Yes. Uh, those were, uh, soldiers. They, you know, nobody knows really what happened. Some people say that somebody started throwing shit at the soldiers. So the soldiers fired into it. Some people were saying that the soldiers just fired and dis- fired indiscriminately into the crowd. Um, you know, it, it's up to your opinion on what you really think happened. Uh, but obviously, some people died. It's a fucking tragedy, uh, and I do think that it is a pussy comparison that this guy's using uh, when he's talking about some girl who is holding an AR-10 on their back, and then she's going to, and then he's going to say that fucking uh, that. You know it's poor choice on her part because of the fact that uh, the Kent State massacre happened there. I think that's a, a bullshit comparison, and it just goes to show his bias. Uh, I think it's it, uh, it's a horseshit comparison. And then when he goes into the the next thing, um, he breaks down uh, gun clicks, gun niches inside the, the gun community, and I 100% totally agree with this. There are a bunch of different clicks in the uh the gun community there's a there's a bunch of different little communities inside the community um and i think that's great because anybody that feels like that they have a particular interest in the gun community can go out and find their little clique and uh associate themselves more with fellow like-minded individuals uh, i think that's a great thing but uh, he mentioned some and uh i i just think uh that he's left a bunch out um but I personally love it. I think it's great, especially, like I said, I think the gun community needs to include everybody because of the fact that the second amendment is for everyone. Uh, and I believe that, uh, it is a great thing. It is a great way to expand our community. If the more people we include in our gun community, the more people will help defend the second amendment against these politicians, uh, that wish to destroy our constitution, uh, by taking away our right to bear arms. Um, and some of the, the clicks uh, he mentions, and, I, and I'm going to add some myself, uh, of course, there are the FUDs. There is the, the new uh, minority gun rights groups like Black Guns Matter uh, and Tony Simon and Maj Ture. Um there are the the of course the tactical people. Uh, there are the the pink pistols. There are the LGBTQ community uh, that's now becoming a huge part of it after the Orlando nightclub shooting. Uh, there are the uh, just I mean there, there's ton, there's tons of, of clicks. Um, I think it's a great thing. Uh, I really do. But now we also need to be careful in reference to these gun clicks, uh, especially since he brought it up again. Uh, if in fighting uh you know we need to hold each other accountable but we also need to make sure that we uh, don't destroy each other uh because that is what the left and the gun grabbers would love for us to do is for us to destroy each other especially when we have all these different cliques because it is easy uh and i'm just gonna let you know especially living here in the deep south it's easy for these fucking people to um uh, fucking just go at each other. Uh, I I, I see a lot of FUDs uh, at the gun stores, at the gun shows, at the range, and they'll talk shit about uh, minorities owning guns. They talk shit about the LGBT community owning guns and how they want to uh, get involved in our gun community. And I'll fucking call them out about it uh, quick and in a heartbeat because that's fucking bullshit. Uh, That's just that old mentality uh, trying to exclude people from a human right and a civil right and that's fucking horse shit um so that's something we got to be careful with so that's something that i task y'all with is to try and include everybody uh you know if you have if you're part of one of these gun clicks uh you know kind of cross click yourself uh you know if you're one part of one click reach out and uh you know spend some time with another gun click in the gun community because uh, it's important for us to to be united and especially with shit like this where this guy is is trying to destroy uh, our image so that way people that want to take away our gun rights see us lesser than people Uh, it's a tool of the propaganda uh, that we try and and uh, and just stay united stay united in our fight to keep our guns but uh... Going on, uh, and this is something that uh, I definitely call out people if, if I see something like this. Uh, this guy, the, the writer, uh, he mentions what I basically call out the whoring of the community, uh, and which I believe is fair enough, uh, fair enough to call that uh, through advertisements. Uh, he talks about how some of these uh, content creators on social media get paid big bucks uh, for advertising businesses and products on their social media. Uh, just because of of their followers that they get from doing, uh, videos and shit like that through the gun community. And then all of a sudden, uh, they start advertising and they are making a killing, um, Hey, if it's more power to you, I'm a capitalist as well. Like I said earlier, I'm a libertarian, but I'm a capitalist. If you can quit your uh, normal eight to five job uh, through advertisements on your social media because you put in that work, you put in the uh, hours to create uh, a a huge enough following, and then you are able to get the advertisements and go through uh, the process of getting those advertisers to pay you for allowing you to show their products or show their services or show their businesses more power fucking to you but i'm going to call it what it is it's basically horn out uh but it's not saying that if i get that big i would not whore myself out uh but it's just again an astute observation from this guy that i thought was uh this guy is it, it, he's close to to getting to the truth in this is article and i think he saw the truth but of course he i believe he has his own bias and that's why he throws in a lot of this shit uh that i'm calling him out on in this article because of uh he is is just being a little biased in his reporting and his reporting of statistics and reporting of what he saw but he touches on that kernel of truth like i said he goes from left field to shooting straight uh, again straight uh up the middle in reference to this article and it's something that I thought is is interesting point out because he uh, does make some very astute observations but he also has some incredible biases Uh, and then all of a sudden uh, he talks about uh, Ann Robbins again this is great I think for the gun community Uh, Ann Robbins is a woman in the gun community uh, who sells uh, tactical products or gun related products Specifically advertised towards women, I think it's a great thing. Uh, you know, as I stated earlier, uh, we need to include everybody in the gun community. We need to have leaders uh, in the gun community from all walks of life, uh, and this is just a uh, another thing. And something also that if you haven't figured this out, I think it's important to realize is that the growing, the fastest growing, com- uh, the fastest growing community inside the gun community is women. Um, whether you like it or love it or you hate it, uh, it's fucking happening. Whether you whether you want it or not. Um, so the fact that he called you know talked about Caitlyn Bennett and then he's talking about Ann Robbins, I think is a great thing. It's a good thing for women in the community, uh, especially since he got a little bit more in depth than Ann Robbins because I believe Ann Robbins is probably a little bit more better of a leader in the community uh, than Caitlyn Bennett is anyway. Uh, so. Uh, kudos for him and kudos for Ann Robbins to getting in the interview uh, because it's it's a good thing for our community and it also shows the liberals and the gun control advocates that read this article because they're obviously going to read this article because it's in The Washington Post. It's written by a guy from New York uh, that is of like mind to these people. So that's why uh, it's interest it, it's a good thing that he interviewed them. Uh, interviewed Ann Robbins because it shows that we're not all fucking FUDs uh, or threepers, uh, you know, that what the liberals try and, and uh, portray us has Also, something that he mentioned that I thought was pretty interesting to note is that in 2007, according to the ATF, there were 10 gun sellers that had tactical in the name. Ten years later in 2017, it was 120. Is this good or bad? Uh, I thought that's what I kind of picked up from this article. Is it good or bad? Of course, he kind of says it's a little bit of the bad because when the left thinks of tactical, they're automatically going to think of quote unquote assault weapons uh, and, you know, the Sandy Hook and all this other kind of shit that they're using, you know, what they would consider tactical weapons uh, to kill these people instead of the individual themselves uh, using whatever tools they can find to commit the mass murder Uh, but it is something that I will say I'm guilty of just because it is such a norm in the lexicon of the gun community that if I go to social media or if I go to a new town and I want to find a a gun range or a a good store or if I'm you know looking for some shit uh, to, to add to my kit um, mainly specifically like especially on social media uh if i'm looking for like a new content creator i will just google or search tactical uh because it has become such a norm in our terminology that if something has tactical in it i'm most likely going to give it a, a once over to see if it's actually worth the shit just because that's where everything's going nowadays it is going to the tactical moniker uh so uh that is something for you know i just wanted to point out i wanted y'all to make up your minds uh but again this guy he is a good journalist uh he is a great journalist because he makes a lot of great accurate observations in the gun community when he was doing this article. Uh, you know, I read or heard that he actually wrote this article for the Rolling Stone, but the editor that uh, tasked him out for writing this piece, uh, quit the Rolling Stone before he was able to finish and get the article published. And then that's when he fished around this article and the Washington Post picks, picked it up. So this guy is, is a decent journalist. Um, he, you know, wrote for some big name, uh, publications. Uh, so it's just something interesting to point out. I just wanted to bring that up to you and see what you thought. He also says the modern handgun tough guy, they tried to imitate military and police. This is the same because in the 90s, you know, law enforcement, majority of law enforcement, even before the 90s, but majority of law enforcement got rid of revolvers. And then just kind of points this out in that he said that, in the 80s, a third of men owned guns. Uh, and then it has been pumped up. So uh, that is something interesting that he pointed out. And again, this guy is no dummy. Uh, and a lot of people that call uh, liberals libtards uh, because they think they're stupid uh, is incorrect. These people are pretty smart. He did definitely do some good research because you also have to think uh, yeah, you know, if you think about it uh and i think it was like in batman begins uh when the police commissioner gordon says you know we start carrying semi-automatics they start carrying automatics we start wearing body armor they start buying armor-piercing bullets uh it is a game of escalation and this is what you do if you want to defend yourself if the bad guys are going to start carrying or using a upper level uh to an attempt to destroy you or take your shit uh, or your freedom and liberty, then you need to carry the upper level tool that they are carrying to be, or hell one above because uh, just you know like in law enforcement you have uh, the force continuum and uh, you know in my training we were always said we were always able to use one step above from what the suspect is using uh, to subdue them. Uh, you know, of course, you don't want to handle a parking ticket with a, a sledgehammer. You know, that's that's not one step above the force continuum. But you want to make sure that you have the right tools necessary. Uh, so, yeah, you know, this guy uh, is correct. I wouldn't call it the modern handgun, tough guy bullshit that he's portraying in his article uh, because, yeah, it is, a pro- it is a progression. But it's also because of the uh, technology, you know, in... Yeah, of course you had semi-automatic handguns in the 40s and the 50s uh, with the 1911s and the Browning High Powers that came along uh, but revolvers were the mainstay because, uh, you know, you had to think that in, that's what the police used. They had the thirty eight Specials, then they had the .357s. Uh, and then, of course, the military adopted the Beretta 92 in the, the late 80s, early 90s. And that's what a lot of the police officers went to. And then you had Gaston Glock come over in the 90s and show his new awesome handgun, the polymer frame, striker fired uh, Glock 17. And a lot of the, the police departments started going to that. And then hell, even look in the late 90s and early 2000s, you had a lot of law enforcement agencies going to the Forty Smith and Wesson. And then, of course, you started seeing a lot of Forty Smith and Wesson being infiltrated in the civilian market because that's what the police were carrying. But also, I'm going to let you know, that's because as we progress, that's what a lot of the bad guys are carrying. You look at the uh, you know early rap in the 90s, uh, they're st- saying, carrying my Beretta. Uh, you know carrying you know my semi-automatic nine my tech nine all this other kind of shit uh, is because that's what the bad guys started carrying they wanted to get one leg up on the citizens and law enforcement too so that is going to happen it's just going to be a continuing uh, force escalation in just society and, and that's just unfortunately the, sci- the society we live in so it, it's a, a astute uh, thing to happen uh, or astute Observation that this guy had, uh, but you know something that he doesn't mention too that I thought is interesting uh, is that uh, the Clinton crime bill uh, that occurred in the '90s. But you know he says firearms ownership occurred more in the '90s than it did in the '80s. Uh, it kind of makes me think the whole reactionary process because you know of course the NRA listed Obama as the best gun salesman during uh, certain years of his presidency because the more you attack the second amendment the more of a reaction you're going to get from uh, your average joe in the country is because they don't want their rights taken away so if you attempt to have their rights taken away they're going to react by uh, trying to defend it and again what's the best way to defend your freedoms is through the point of a gun so uh, again he's just got a very good observation and Something that I felt that was very interesting. Uh, going on to the next part, uh, he states that the M4 platform rifle is too powerful for a civilian. Uh, and again, this is bullshit. Uh, you've, I'm sure you've seen the video of the journalist who uh, shot the the AR-15 and then he said that he had post-traumatic stress syndrome because of it. Yeah, it's going to be too powerful if you are a beta cuck male. Uh, that's the best way I can say it. Um And that's just a bullshit swing in the spectrum that I'm talking about that he's did through this entire article. And then finally, he states uh, 21-year-old legislation, uh, for example, like the push after uh, whatever that fucking school is down in Florida uh, that got shot up. Uh, If we upped the legal buying age of firearms to 21, that it could save lives. Uh, But it would inhibit our pastime. Because of that, the gun community is okay that we allow these people to die. Uh, and I will say, shit Because that is proven. That that shit won't stop any mass murders. Uh, most of these firearms that are used in these mass murders are bought illegally or they're taken from family. So, it doesn't matter. That's not going to save anything. And because... He said that he's trying to to make the gun community look like we are a bunch of heartless bigots that don't care about anybody else because we just want to keep our guns. Uh, And I think that is wrong. Uh, We do care about those people, but we also care that we preserve our rights and that we also care that we make sure that those people are protected correctly uh, through either some sort of armed guard uh, or security because that's really what's gonna happen is if somebody has a gun the only way you're gonna be able to stop it is with a gun yourself that's why we want the second amendment to be preserved we want our right for self-defense to be preserved and i truly feel that the the article is ending that way is just bullshit because it shows that the bias that he had all along uh that he was trying to portray the gun community as a bunch of extreme nuts and i think that's horseshit uh I've pointed out several instances in this article where this guy made very astute observations to give him sort of give himself some sort of credibility because uh you know, he pointed out some very astute things that I thought that he was correct on, even as myself, uh, I thought he was very correct on, but then he tries to throw in his splash of biasness by throwing out bullshit statistics or bullshit opinions, and that goes to show that he obviously had. That intention for this article the entire time to try and in and, and influence you, influence you into uh, changing your mind or in reinforcing your biasness, uh, whether you are trying to uh, reinforce your perception based on this article or you are trying to see what new bullshit is done in this article because of what he said um, but anyway guys I, I think it's an interesting article I think you need to read it yourself I think you need to arm yourself with the knowledge from this article uh, that's why I brought it here to you I broke it down I felt like I pointed out the important parts of this article to you to let you know what he was trying to, to sell with the snake oil and all that other kind of bullshit um, but definitely need to arm yourself with knowledge and you need to make sure that you are ready for whatever type of argument you might have with a uh, gun control advocate. Uh, so you need to be, you know give yourself some knowledge and make sure that you uh, know what you're talking about when you're talking to these people and you're not just fucking saying stupid shit uh, that like a FUD would normally say. So you need to make sure that you are ready, you are prepared, and you are able to defend your ideas. All right, guys. This is the point of the podcast. We're gonna start talking about some uh, cool gear that we've either seen or we personally, I personally, have, have and and uh, tried out. So the first one we're gonna go over is uh, Action Target. Uh, they introduced a game series uh, of paper targets. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, each target includes unofficial rules for playing the target game, and there are twenty different games uh, in their different target selections. Uh, this article comes from recoil Uh, some of the games that they have in there includes uh, alien invasion and also uh, like battleship alien invasion is uh, fluorescent uh, colored and then also Battleship is kind of set up. Uh, it's actually called Ocean Battle, but it's basically Battleship. Uh, these are kind of cool games. Uh, just if you have any children that are getting involved in the shooting sports, uh, I use shit like this for my 8-year-old son. Uh, last year I got him involved into shooting, started taking him to the range, and uh, that's what I started doing is I got him uh, some Battleship targets, uh, went and found some different targets online, uh, some little alien and dinosaur targets that he could shoot uh shoot his little 22 uh smith west mp compact at and he fucking loves it it's a great idea i'm glad to see the target companies and companies in the gun industry are doing shit like this because i think it is an important part to help the next generation get into gun shooting i believe that it is a a great tool uh i highly encourage more companies to do shit like this these targets aren't that very expensive the starting target uh msrp is a dollar twelve per target and of course, you can get volume, volume discounts, uh, where you can get up to a uh, thousand targets for thirty-six cents per target. Uh, you can get them at Action Targets website. Uh, I think is a great thing. Uh, I again, like I said, I use this for my eight-year-old son. I've used similar things for getting new shooters that are high school kids into the uh, shooting sports. Something fun to do at the range. Cool games that you can play with your buds to see who's the better shooter, who's faster. Instead of the old dueling tree or faster, how you know faster draw and shot on target and shit like that. Uh, The next product that I'm going to go into is the Mantis X. This is something I've had for uh, probably a little over a year. I use it in training. I use it to help my uh, other law enforcement officers that I uh, am a part of in the shooting industry. uh, You know shooting. Instructions. Uh, I kind of actually check it out like a library system. Uh, it's something that I, I think it's a great tool. Uh, it is something that you put on the bottom Picatinny rail of your firearm, and it registers, uh, you know, your your trigger pull uh, shot times in between each trigger pull. Uh, it, it's a great little system. It's something that you download onto your uh, your phone or your tablet. You charge it using a little. Micro USB charger, which is every you know everybody's got one of those fucking things, Um, and uh, it's something that you can either do. I do it in my office. uh, You can do it at home, and it's it's a great little thing. Uh, I've had it now, like I said, over a year. I actually bought it used. I bought it used for about I think around sixty or seventy bucks. It came. Uh, I bought it with a chronograph, and uh, it is a great little tool. Uh, It's used or brand spanking new. Uh, It's not that terribly expensive. Um, It is something that I believe that is a great kit in the uh, tool bag that you can use to make yourself to become a better shooter Uh, brand new they run for about $150 on Midway USA or you can get them on Amazon Um, it is something cool that I think uh, people you know if if you're looking for something to help you make you a better shooter I think this is a great little tool that you can use of course it does not uh, substitute live fire training but if uh, you are a poor like me uh, a single dad of, of two Uh, and a law enforcement officer, which the pay is not that great to begin with, Uh, it is a great way to keep up your skills. Uh, It is a great way to practice and drill the fundamentals. Uh, I think it is a great little thing that they've come up with. So uh, if you are looking for something to uh, add to your kit to make yourself a better shooter and to uh, just have some fun with, uh, I think it is a great tool something that I would recommend to anybody I would recommend anybody that the manex is a great tool to use um, if you can find yourself a used one I found my used one on Facebook marketplace um, but you might be able to find yourself something used uh, somewhere else so go take a look if you can find it get it uh, if you have the money if not maybe like I said you and your buddies can go in and have these on it or whatever uh, I lend mine out like almost like a library card system at my uh, law enforcement department for other shooters to use uh, to get better at before uh, range qualifications. Alright guys, uh, this segment of the podcast we're going to be and talk about firearms and culture. And in this first episode of the podcast we're going to talk about the iconic gun movie uh, in my generation, I will definitely say, is John Wick. came out in 2014. If you haven't seen John Wick, you need to fucking do so. It is a great movie. And I figured we'd go over and talk about John Wick because of the John Wick 3 that is coming out uh, either you know soon, it's like either this month or next month. Um, so I figured why not talk about John Wick. Uh, I'm going to be looking up the different firearms used uh, on imfdb.org. Uh, If you ever have any questions on what guns are used in different movies or if a gun was ever used in a movie, an obscure gun that was used in a movie, definitely look up uh, that in IMFDB. And of course, the first guns that were used, uh, you know, it's got it broken down by handguns, submachine guns, shotguns, rifles, sniper rifles, all that other kind of shit. Uh, We're going to talk about the handguns first. Uh, we're going to talk about something that I didn't re- ever realize until I looked it up uh, and I decided we're going to use John Wick as a first in our culture segment. Uh, the Browning High Power was used in the John Wick movie. And after looking at it, it was William Defoe's character. Uh, of course, he's the older hitman in the movie and he uses some of the more older style weapons. But William Defoe's character breaks out the Browning High Power. Uh, Something else that I guess I didn't realize that was used was the Cult Python. The Cult Python was used by Harry, the character in the hotel that John Wick runs into, the black guy, basically. Something else uh, that was used that I guess I didn't really notice as well was the Walter P-99. All those are pretty cool, Uh, old, some of them old, some of them new. They were all used in that movie. Uh, It's pretty fucking cool, you know, something interesting. And then, of course... Everything that is Glock 17 was used in that movie. You had uh, normal Glock 17. You had the salient Arms International Glock 17 used. You had the Fab Defense uh, KPOS Glock to Carbine conversion. You know, with the Glock 17 in there. Then of course you had a Glock 19 and a Glock. 26 used in the movie as well when you're looking at the submachine guns you had the Coher arms mp10 and the hk mp5 hk mp5 is a badass fucking gun i've shot one uh through my law enforcement career well i've shot several through my law enforcement career uh those are pretty cool fucking guns you had of course a sawed off double barrel shotgun and then you had a Keltec ksg used and i remember when i first saw this movie Seeing the Keltec KSG in there, I thought it was uh, pretty interesting because the Keltec KSG was a still felt uh, relatively fairly new gun when this movie came out. Uh, kind of like whenever that fucking whatever that fucking movie was with, uh, Colin Farrell, uh, and you had the umps in there, uh, as the futuristic guns, but I thought it was pretty cool that in the John Wick movie that they had the kel KSG in there to kind of put a little bit of a, kind of a badass tactical look on the kel KSG on there, but I, I, remember when I first saw the movie, I thought it was pretty badass that they had the kel KSG in there. You also had the Cohera CA-415 uh, CA and you had the NFN SCAR something else that I remember seeing in the movie that I thought were pretty badass little guns you had the DTA Stealth Recon Scout and the Savage 10BA those were in the movie where John Wick was going to kill the the Russian mobster's son at the end in the uh, warehouses those were you know pretty cool little long range rifles you also had the Ruger M77 which is again what William Defoe's character used to help save John Wick there at the end when he was uh, almost getting killed by the Russian mobster Those are all the guns that IMFDB says were in the the movie. Uh, I thought it was a pretty badass movie. It was a... Benchmark for firearms movies of my generation like I said, and then of course when you had John wick chapter 2 and now you have John wick chapter 3 Parabellum coming out uh, That's why I thought it was interesting to go ahead Let's hit on this movie you know, definitely gonna have to watch the movie again before I go see John wick 3 in theaters That's something. I'm definitely going to see in theaters, but as uh, nothing gets more cultural uh, icon uh, for firearms than John Wick uh, for my generation. So if you have any books, movies, whatever the fuck culture that you want us to talk about to do with firearms, let us know on our social media or shoot me an email at 2A Lifestyle with the number 2A Lifestyle at gmail.com. Uh, let me know what you want us to, to look at and review and, and mention in our culture segment. Uh, but it is definitely iconic when you talk about firearms and movies you are automatically going to think about john wick so that's why we're talking about it this week in our first podcast but that is going to be the cultural segment Uh, let me know what you guys think guys and gals, it's time for us to wrap this shit up. Uh, This is going to be the end of the podcast. I want to greatly appreciate you guys for listening to the first Inaugural episode of 2A Lifestyle. Uh, I'm just going to let you know, I had this podcast recorded and pretty much fucking done and edited two weeks ago when I didn't have my kids last time. Uh, Then all of a sudden, uh, I had my podcast set up in my home gym, and I was in here, and my kids were fucking around in here, and they ended up erasing the whole fucking episode. So it might seem that some of this shit, uh, especially like the article from the Washington Post, is might be a little bit outdated, but that's because I had to re-record this whole motherfucking shit show again. I thought, you know, of course, my other episode was, was pretty good, but I had to redo this whole fucking thing again. Uh, so sorry that things might be seeming a little out of date. Uh, I'm going to try and keep things a little bit more up to date in reference to news and shit like that, uh, in reference to the podcast, but, uh, just to let you know, like I've said before, I'm a single dad too. Uh, so I try and record these episodes when I don't have my kids and then I try and edit it, uh, just over the, the span of the two weeks I do have them because I do have them full time primary custody. So, uh, that is kind of my spiel on, uh, how this shit show is going to be run, how it's going to be edited, how it's going to be published. So, uh, we're going to try and do this bi-weekly, uh, if we get enough of a following and hopefully eventually we will, because I enjoy doing this. I enjoy talking about guns. We might do this into a weekly podcast, but we're going to start doing this, uh, whole shit wagon bi-weekly. We're trying, I'm trying to get some, maybe some co-hosts on. I got some good buddies, uh, that I would like to bring on, uh, maybe bring their own little perspective into the whole firearms gun community and what is going on what's happening shit and culture all that other kind of stuff Uh, hell if you want to fucking be on the show give me an email shoot me a message on social media and uh, maybe we can find a couple good co-hosts to uh, give their own opinions onto this whole whole world of, of guns Um, But guys, I greatly appreciate you listening. Uh, Again, uh, give us a like and follow on social media, Instagram, uh, Facebook, to a lifestyle. Trust me, you will not be disappointed by some of the cool and hilarious fucking memes that I send uh, and post. Uh, I would appreciate it. And guys, uh, give us a like uh, and subscription on iTunes and all the other publishing uh apparatuses that we publish on our podcast also give us a review uh that's the best way to get us to reach out to other people uh to let them know that hey there's a cool new fucking podcast about guns that I think you might think is fucking hilarious I think you'll like it um share it uh I'm going to be sharing these episodes on social media and also on our website uh so that way you know more people can find us uh but I greatly appreciate y'all listening to the podcast and again thank y'all so much for uh for listening and I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all. This is going to be the end of the podcast and again, I appreciate you guys and just let us know what you think. Let me know what I'm doing right, let me know what I'm doing wrong. Let me know what you want to hear. Uh I might take it into consideration and it might be something I'll think, fuck, why didn't I think of that? Uh so, yeah, I greatly appreciate you guys and that is going to be the end of this show. Thanks.